Mini episode 1107 of the FTH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FTH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. One thing I wanted to bring up, though, we were talking about earlier, like, you know, the revival and um, yeah. pro wrestling and everything. Doing something, an old school gimmick. Something, no, but something like, you know, like fan interest in it is... Also, another thing that has kind of gone all, all along the same lines is the decline in MMA interest. Like, I believe the MMA bubble burst. Because if you notice right yeah. now, they don't, like, like you, you have, you know, Bellator that's out there, and you have UFC, but UFC doesn't really have any stars anymore. We've talked about this on the MMA thing. Like, their biggest star to come back in now is going to be Brock Lesnar, who just right. is leaving here because the Papa Byrie. Hasn't it become, like, boxing? Like, what compelling matchups are there? What matchups are there the public is clamoring to see in 2019? I just think, I think, uh, I feel that it is the... Um, the whole, like, oh my god, it's real versus it's fake thing is right. kind of passe. Right. You're always going to have those people out there like, oh, this stuff's fake. And the best thing about those people, God love you, because they will make a point to let you know how yeah. dumb this is because it's fake. Yeah. It's like, I really hate to see what happens when you find out about movies, buddy. That's I what really I really hate to see what happens. Like, but like, my, my but it's like, is it's that like guy. for example, and I like, will say, do you, do you do you yell at the movie screen? You know, I mean, Survivor's fake. Yeah. All right. It's it's a fake show. It's a work. It's a work. Yeah. I don't watch it. Right. I don't know nothing against it. I just don't watch it. I, right. First when I first came on, it was everyone's like, oh my god, I'm like, this is a work. I'm like, what? It's a work. It's not real. Any quote unquote reality show. They're is all a work. works. Yeah. They are. The greatest one ever was the Joe Schmo show because at least admitted it was. a work. I loved that one. Was an, uh, wasn't that an it was awesome show? a great show. show. They're so was. mean to that guy. Well, it, well but here's <laughs> the thing, so though. Good. Here's the thing, though. For a show that was a work, it was like, I mean, maybe I'm a mark. There was like real emotion at the yeah. end with the reveal, wasn't there? Oh like, yeah, that absolutely. Was they, they, all, they all like felt really bad. The betrayal, <laughs> yeah, yes, the yeah. feeling of betrayal. He's like, you know, jerks. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, like that. You're absolutely right. That was amazing. But it's a thing where you know you look at this landscape and, and you look at again, sort of like Pro Wrestling USA with this whole schmaz you're talking about, all the promotions that you were covering this week and some of the other ones in there, and then. Of course, AEW off to the side. We'll have to see if they end up being the Jim Crockett promotions. Ironically, I have a feeling they kind of will be. Uh, we'll be working with who was also know, on the Turner Networks. Who was also on the Turner <laughs> Networks, which is you know life it, repeats it, itself. Life really does. And who who was in charge of uh, a lot of the stuff down there? Yeah, who yeah. was there was who was the booker, if you will? Well, uh, it was the son of a plumber instead of the grandson of a plumber. You so, know, so you know. an interesting thing. And I mean, we don't know if it's true or not, but like the rumor mill was that uh, the other son of a the other son of a son of a plumber might also be free yes. coming up soon. And honestly, I really hope that he is because that would be a great addition to like the, what they're doing out there. Yeah, I'd like to see him you know? doing more than he is. Uh, a very, very, very underrated worker over the years, Dustin Rhodes, no question about it. And uh, again, he the one thing he's been instrumental uh, in doing the last couple of years is, is being one of these uh, agents, producers now they call them, and 
it, it has, they have had collectively a great impact on the next generation of wrestlers. Now Shawn Michaels serving in that capacity with NXT. And again, the NXT show on Friday night. You have so much to look forward to. And for those of you out there who watched it, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who didn't watch it yet, you don't know what I'm talking about, but take my word for it. Maybe the best takeover show yet, and the takeover shows are always among the best of the year. Uh, an opener that was just, it, it just blew my balls off with War Raiders versus uh, the, uh, uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black. I expected a lot out of Ricochet and Aleister Black. I haven't seen as much War Raiders. I didn't know they were more than just hosses. My God, those guys can move. And yeah. it was just, it was amazing. I mean, for them to hold up their end against Aleister Black and Ricochet, guys of their size... I think I put that one at about four stars, but it was amazing. When you and when you see something like that, it's interesting. You know, we spent all this time uh, putting over AEW, but then mm-hmm. there's NXT, which is you know WWE's fart fart farm system. <laughs> like they're like yeah. you know essentially it's their developmental, which is also happens to be their best brand. Yes, and it's the only one. What is the best thing about that one is there's one guy who's not involved with it, Vince McMahon. Right. Which I bring up the question: Is Vince McMahon the greatest detriment to? Is he doing more harm than good at this stage? Is his micromanagement and his insanity of trying to keep tabs on every little thing hindering what should be, you know? Yeah, I mean, if... if or what could same, be. But you, it's, and it's so funny, too, because NXT and NXT UK stand as the perfect representative of that because the precursor to any of the NXT UK stuff, the specials that they did, the first one that they did, they did January 2017, Michael Cole who for the longest period of time has just been diarrhea as a play-by-play announcer. My God, he was on the NXT show, NXT UK, unproduced. Oh my God, Michael Cole is a really good announcer. They've just ruined him, you know? Oh yeah, he's so, all, I mean, but that's the same thing. Produced I mean, versus unproduced. You gotta, okay, you gotta remember on, exactly, produced versus unproduced, that and the fact that like, okay, Monday Night Raw, Michael Cole is out there shilling. It's, it's, yes. it's, it is a selling, 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 selling. selling. selling, selling. It yeah. is... It is the okay. and not the good Ricky Morton kind of selling. Again, it goes back to wrestling fans being the only ones out there. Wrestling fans are the like they're like well, like Cleveland Browns fans. You know, we used to be right. back in the day where it was like you know, um, this sucks. I'll be back. Okay, I'll see you next week. Right. They they complain about how terrible it is. I'll be yeah. back next week. And then you know you get then every once in a while a Baker Mayfield comes along and you're like it's so great. Although <laughs> if you're looking at the WWE ratings, you know some of these people are not bluffing when they say I'm not tuning in next week. No, because they're not. Because I mean that. I mean, but that and the fact that you know ratings anymore now are like a complete like right. no one's gonna sit through the sitting through this three hour bore fest. It's, right. it's like you know uh, it's just that's a chore for any show. Right. I mean oh. You, you know, it's like to come out that much content, that much programming, and to have that like that. I mean, I don't know. It's just like sh- I went to WrestleMania, all right, and that right. thing. I'm pretty sure that just ended ten minutes ago. Well, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, how how it's it's the complete <laughs> opposite of NXT Takeover because I was explaining this to my aforementioned friend Ted Reed. Hi Ted. Who, yeah, hi Ted. Who also just got the network on the free. Uh, trial basis kind of a thing. So I was telling him about NXT and how you're going to love TakeOver, and it's the complete opposite because less is more. They had that 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 awesome match at the outset there. The awesome, I mean, who would have ever thought five years ago you could be saying in developmental there's a dream match. But I'll tell you what, Velveteen Dream v. Matt Riddle uh, was pretty much that. And it was a very unique match. 
the kind you don't see on the main roster. Uh, uh, something to really look forward to. The women's match was decent. I mean, it was what it was. I think I probably put it at about three stars. It was not a bad match, but a four-way with, with with the crop that they had there. It was not gonna. It was not designed to steal the show. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. I think it was. I think it was in the cooldown spot. Pete Dunn, Valter was awesome. Like I knew it was going to be awesome. I've watched a decent amount of the NXT UK product. And it just—I I don't know how much of it you've watched or not. You, you, I watched the—I uh, watched the takeover that set this match up. Okay, where it was I think he t- uh, was Pete Dunne and was it Joe Coffey? Yes. Yeah, I saw one that the one. Hoss guys. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that one, and the Mustache yeah. Mountain took on the, the whoever won the, the title. Grizzled young veterans. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, I saw that show, and Finn Balor made his surprise uh, right. appearance. That was a good show. That was a really good show. It, it was. It was, and it was a thing where like I. I didn't know what to expect when I watched the first NXT UK show because, like, guys like me and you, like, what do we know about, like, British pop culture and that kind of stuff? I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to relate to these guys or whatever, but it was, like, it was so fun because it was, like, you were able to relate to them. And one of my favorite guys, I don't know if you've seen him in there, you were talking about, like, the epitome of British culture. Have you ever seen Flash Morgan Webster? No. That guy, he's called the Mod Father. He dresses in like the old old style mod stuff. He's got the circle uh, type glasses. That's and, like, pretty funny. It's awesome, dude. The guy, like, it's like he stepped out of an Austin Powers movie. <laughs> it's a great, great gimmick. He is so awesome. But it's it's a great product. Pete Dunne, Valter. I mean, that was a unique kind of a match. And Valter is a guy where people look at him like the guy looks like Vladimir Kozlov. Well, picture of Vladimir Kozlov who works and moves and is agile and like. Uh, again, big men who are agile are just, like, awesome. I have no time and no patience for big men who are just gassed up, freaks, can't move, whatever. Valter can go. And Pete Dunne is one of the best in the world today, if not the best. The two of them together were awesome. The main event, Gargano and Cole, I, I don't think it really hit the fifth gear until the third fall, but that was probably by design. That last fall is as good of a fall in a best-of-three match, maybe as there's ever been. And yeah, you could probably put Flair Steamboat and the Superdome in there. That third fall was amazing because in the first one or two, I was kind of like, okay, is this is this going to get better from here? Oh, it did. It did, Ricky. It did. Just be patient. And it, it did. So you have a lot to look forward to, Jake. And like I said, for anybody out there who's already watched it, they know what I'm talking about. And probably none of what I'm saying surprises you because this is what we expect from NXT. Yeah, absolutely. None, none of the surprises me. Yeah. And yeah, I, as soon as I saw it on paper, I went, oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, what like, a card. You, you, like, I looked at it like, yep, yeah, that's going to be... <laughs> you mentioned, um, uh, what's uh, oh my god, um, Valter, and then you yeah. mentioned Kozlov. Mm-hmm. And I got me thinking about Kozlov's former tag team partner, there's a tag team champion with Santino. Oh, and yeah. And him and I were hanging out for a little while out back before uh, backstage at the Impact show. <laughs> I don't remember the conversation we were having. We were laughing about something. And, uh, yeah, it, it you know, came up. It was kind of surreal in one of those situations where I'm just standing there and, like, you know, Mike's getting stuff set up and, mm-hmm. you know, moving things and, and like, I walk in the door and here's Rob Van Dam and Rob just looks at me and just I'm like hey I'm like hey so like hey Rob good to, good to see you again he goes hey man you too I'm like <laughs> you don't remember me yeah but it'd be cool if you did if you looked at me and goes yeah we smoked we yeah we smoked pot out back of the uh, uh, the outpost in Kent but yeah like, yeah Rob yeah, cool <laughs> we'd become best friends for life that day but uh, they would just like Lorania you see like you know 
and I made sure he followed the etiquette, you know, and said hello to Scott Demore uh, running the show, okay. uh, Don Callis, and said hi. Um, yeah. I'd like to be a fly on the wall for like a two-hour conversation about many different things with you and Don Callis. That seems like it would be very interesting. That would be very interesting. Yes. I did not have much time to talk with him. It was just more of a hello. Uh, dinner with Don. Some, yes. Yeah, right? It's an interesting... <laughs> it's a, it seems like... And just, you know, you know, Tommy Dreamer, who made a surprise appearance on the show. He's My hero. There. And I'm just like... My uh, fantasy baseball team since 01 has been named the Innovators of Islands. Nice. Yes. Um, and it was just one of those things where it was like standing back and I'm like... Tommy Dreamer, like I first met you ten years ago at a show with Ryan Ward and Kyle Ross, where mm-hmm. we were at some indie show where EC3 wrestled on that show. Oh, and there was Cleveland's two, own Cleveland's own EC3, right? Michael the Deviant Hunter was on there, and they had this thing where these two guys are wrestling in the these two fat dudes are wrestling in the main event, and they were just beating the crap out of each other with light tubes. And I looked at, at the time Dreamer was like the he worked in talent relations or whatever. And I looked at Tommy Dreamer and I went, "What are your thoughts on that?" He goes, "I think I'm like, but what do you think? That's, what are your thoughts on the hardcore match?" He goes, "I think it's effing stupid." Jesus, Tommy Dreamer thinks you're too reckless. Tommy Dreamer called him dumb. Yeah. And so I was like, oh god. Oh my god. And then it was like fast forward many years later and be like, oh yeah, there's Tommy Dreamer, and yeah, there comes Sabu, and uh-huh. people were freaking out because, like, you know, by people I mean Justin Doan was freaking out uh-huh. because, like, Sabu's not here yet. Sabu, like, you're like freaking out because you want to get a picture with him. Yeah. <laughs> Sabu will be here. He's a man of his word. If I've learned anything, Sabu always makes his dates. Yeah, he does. And he does. Sabu was there. And yeah. They did a little. Little, they had a little little piece of business. I wasn't going to set the world on fire, but you know, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I mean, because you don't have a time machine. Like oh, if it yeah, was nineteen ninety, it was nineteen ninety eight. Sabu and Rob Van Dam versus two thousand nineteen Pentagon and Phoenix. Oh yeah. my God, that would be the that'd be a thirty five minute classic. It would be. It it's two thousand nineteen Rob Van Dam and two thousand nineteen Sabu. Well, I was happy we got eight minutes. Exactly, <laughs> and, and well, and, and you know what? And if anybody wants to see those guys, two guys together in their prime. I know, like, the way that the Smart Mark community is and the way that they look back on some of the things that happen. Like, there's people who are going to fart at what I'm about to say, but if you want to see RVD and Sabu at their best, you know who they were at their best against, in my estimation? The Eliminators. The new breed? No. Very good. (laughs) I believe in 2002 they hooked up somewhere, yes. The new breed. uh, When they took on the new breed at WrestleMania 23, that was the highlight of everything. Oh, you met... You met the ECW. ECW new breed, yeah. Oh, I was going back to Champion and Royal. You had me. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah, I was going, okay. I'm going with oh, you know, okay. WrestleMania, the okay. ECW original versus no. the new breed. Them and the Eliminators. Heck, like I worked. 95, 96. One, two, yeah. three, <laughs> four. Yeah. <laughs> I worked with half that match this past weekend. I think you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think pretty... you did. Was, was the Pope anywhere around? <laughs> he was not, but I have okay. worked with Kevin Thorne in the past. Okay. <laughs> he was saying, I mean, he wasn't there this weekend, but it, I have, uh, I have Yeah, it's, it, it had to be absolutely fascinating, all of the uh, the people that you were around. and Oh, and the doors know. just kept opening, and like, the next thing you know, here comes somebody else. And you're just like, what the? What? Okay. Well, and I, that's the I whole met, thing. I met Justin Credible in a back alley in, in a, as he was leaving the building. And, yeah... Let's just say he was enjoying Mania Weekend when I met him. Was he still wearing his Target shirt? He was not wearing his Target shirt. Oh, okay. He had t- changed, but yeah, okay. he, came out. he was he was happy. He was, okay. he was in a happy mood. Um, Paige's mom was Are hilarious. You referencing getting like a BJ in the alley? 
No, I'm okay. not. I'm not referencing that. All right. No. All right. I was you. You see. Okay. Yeah. You. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm getting the pantomime here. All right. Yeah. Very good. And then, like the Paige's mom's like walking around, hanging around back, back uh-huh. in the back. It was just like you look around. It's like there's Justin Carl. There's there's. So Sarina Knight or Soraya Knight. It's mm-hmm. like that's, that's, that's pages. Then all of a sudden, here comes Noel Foley and Frank the Clown walking down the steps. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? What is what is what is my life right now? And it's like, hey, hey, hi, how are you? And like, and then you know, I, I filmed this is, uh, right. This is after filming a Devil's Den death match, and it was like chains and hooks. And at one point, so. At the show, I don't want to give too much away on it, but uh, at one point there's a great spot where they brought in a special effects crew and my buddy Matt Justice um, straight up murders a dude. And okay. he slits his throat and blood goes everywhere. The pictures are on their page. So okay. It's like, yeah, there, blood goes everywhere and all this other stuff. And I look down and I get some of the blood on me. Uh-huh. And I say to the guys in the headset, I go, because my first thing I did was I licked it. And, oh, I licked it, and I'm like, "What?" Justin looks at me, he's like, ugh! I'm like, you must have been pretty confident those guys had to pass a hep C test. Oh, no, it was the, um, it was, I mean, I had met the guys who set up the prosthetic in the back. Oh, it was, okay. It was corn syrup. Okay, okay. I mean, he bled everywhere. Like, if you go to the Black Craft Wrestling Dude, I, page I still on Facebook, wouldn't like somebody it's, else's it's, corn no, syrup. No, hang on, well. hang on, so here's where it gets even better. So I'm sitting there. <laughs> better than I, you I, looking I, up. Yeah, I, 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 I licked the corn, I'm like, oh, oh. Oh, thank God. And they look at me and go, what? I go, I was just making sure that that was the preacher's fake blood that I licked off my arm and not Schlack's real blood that bled on me earlier because it was a, I got a shot of Schlack and uh, G. Raver was raking his face over the chains and blood's coming out after he hit him in the head with tattoo needles and like, uh, some of it bled on me and blood on the camera and I'm like, oh God, I, I forgot because it was on the hand. I'm like, uh-huh. what has my life come to? What, you be, uh, and what other line of work or any place where you say, yeah, I had to make sure that it was Pinhead's fake blood and not some dude named Schlack's real blood. And of the many videos you posted on Facebook, there was the the stapling the newspaper to the forehead. Yeah, that was the, the, the Sammy Callahan gimmick yeah. did that. Oh, they did this really great thing that so, and I've never seen this in a match before, and it was fantastic. They took his shoes off, and um, uh, Jimmy Havoc took off Sammy Callahan's shoe, took out cardboard, and was giving him paper cuts in between his toes. Ooh! Right? It's like, oh Yeah. And, yeah, they, it was pretty fun. And I, I, I actually, I actually complimented ways. Sammy Callahan after the show. I was like, yeah. you know, I've never seen that before. And that's one of those things where as soon as they did it, everyone in that arena was like, <gasps> Like, they were just, like, cringing it. Like, it, it was a fantastic spot that well, I had never seen done. Not only that, in, in, the, in the old history of, in wrestling, of, of all these ostensible containers of things that are works, you know, like, uh, ether and that kind of stuff. You're gonna do. I a, can smell it up here. You it's got to be ether. You got. You, you know what? You do a spot like that. You got to pull out a big old work can of turpentine and go to pour it in there pour it in as there. well. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you take that spot over the top. But Some iodine. It, iodine. Yeah. So I think I could share this. I don't know if it's going to get back to Sammy Callahan. So here's a really funny thing. Here's that, hoping it does. Here's hoping it does. So. At one point in time, there's a he, there's a spot in the match where Sammy has like the he's cut uh, Jimmy Havoc's cut open, mm-hmm. and Sammy takes lemons 
and puts like the lemon Ooh, juice in there. Okay. Right? Uh, it's, it looks it's great. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> he worked himself because when he bit into it, he got the lemons in his eye. <laughs> that was that was my conversation with Sammy Callahan. And he was like, ah, I've got a crap in my eye. It hurts so bad. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. But I think the guy getting the lemon juice and the blood's hurting worse. I'm like, you worked yourself into a shoot. <laughs> See, but that's the thing, though. Like, the week has a million different things like this, and yet... Oh, they're everywhere. that's where it's so hard for anything to stand out. At the end of the day, I mean, the NXT show is, is of a stature where it's going to have a handful of things that we remember, and Gargano, and the ending to it, and then uh, Ciampa comes out at, at, at the end there, more or less kind of breaking kayfabe with the curtain call. But you, you've, you've got that. But then the other things during the week, it's so hard to break through. Enzo and Cass, more than anything else, that's the moment that broke through at the Garden because that's the thing that just made Twitter blow up right about the time that the Bret Hart run-in you know, at the Hall of Fame there when poor Bret got tackled. Multi-time show guest, hope to talk to him again on the show here. Even though he worked us about coming back to WWE in 2010, we forgive you, Brett. Uh, you did what you had to do. Rick doesn't hold grudges. <laughs> I do not hold grudges. I will just passive aggressively mention that from time to time about how he worked us like no no less than about 60 days before it happened. But uh, you know, it's so hard for anything to stand out. And like I said at the outset, that's what makes WrestleMania a microcosm of WrestleMania week because. 14 matches on the main show, what, three on, on the pre-show? And there are a handful of, you know, you, you throw a WrestleMania moment around, you know, people throw it around these days. Ric Flair likes to bitch about people devaluing the word great. WrestleMania moment has been devalued at just like the word great. Coming out of the show, you have, and we'll talk about the main event subsequently, but obviously the main event, Becky wins, gets the moment that she should have gotten, aside from what may or may not have been a dusty finish there, which was stupid, however it happened. Kofi's thing, which you knew was going to be a great thing, uh, which, by the way, too, for anybody that was worried they weren't going to have that finish and Kofi wasn't going to go over, I was talking to somebody about this like a week or two before Mania. I'm like, dude, Kofi is going over. Where are they doing their their next overseas show subsequently? Oh, uh, Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Guess who doesn't wrestle in Saudi Arabia? Uh, Daniel Bryan? Exactly. So there was never any doubt that they were going to pull the trigger on the Kofi push there. You've got a handful of other things here. You know, Kurt Angle after his match, which was regrettable and short at least... You know, there was that. Uh, so, that match happened, and yeah. we're like, well, that, that was literally this. I'm, sitting up like, I'm like, well, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah. Crowd's like, yep, yeah, yeah, that was that. That, that, was, that was it. And thank you, Kurt. And he got his moment, and he got to leave. I was just like... He did. I was like, that was just stupid. He did. <laughs> like, I mean... That's dumb. <laughs> you know, uh, I think Triple H would like to say that him getting out the... the, the t- Pliers to take the nose rings out of Batista would qualify as a WrestleMania moment, but I think that would be a massive reach. I think anything that happened in that match being a WrestleMania moment would be a massive reach. I was live for that match, and I don't remember a thing about it. It was So where our seats were, we couldn't see the intro, so like, yeah. I actually want to see, like, go back and watch 
the show just to see the entrances because I didn't see any of them. Like, we're on the side by the stage yeah. and everything. But it's like, that match happened yeah. and I'm pretty sure I spent the entire time talking to the people around us because, yeah. like, it was, it was the foregone conclusion match right. that you knew Drax wasn't winning. Right. So it was like, okay, Triple H is going to win. I remember like, uh, the next day, <laughs> um, just so everyone knows, to clarify, uh, we busted our butts for three days, like, um, it's probably my favorite accomplishment is the fact that we did shows and none of them were in back-to-back venues. So we're running the 12-hour broadcast. Or Ty was holding that down in the fort uh, back at the studio. Mm-hmm. We're going from, I'm driving in New York City traffic, going from show to show, and they're not getting done. The TNA show, or I'm sorry, the Impact show, the mm-hmm. Impact show, that didn't get out until we didn't leave the building till 3.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, you got to find a late-night McDonald's because the only thing open at 3.30 in the morning where, unless you want to go through Hell's Half Acres after, like, working and, like, doing the setup, the teardown and all that stuff. Yeah. The Blackcraft show, they had to turn the lights on in the venue because the show ran law so long. They had to get it all out. It was 3 o'clock in the morning and the Battle Royal was going on and they were, like, turning, they were, like, bar close. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. So then we got to tear all that stuff down. By the time we get out of there, it's, like, 4, 4.15, and we're waking up again the next day at, like, 9, 9 or 10 to start the next day to do it all over again. Right. So by the time we got to WrestleMania... I drank a bottle of whiskey in the parking lot at the tailgate, <laughs> along with several beers with all, like, my favorite part of WrestleMania was just, it felt like going, if you've ever been to a Browns game or any yeah, football tailgate. game, it was, it was tailgating. And I saw it adjusted and on the way up, he goes, people don't tailgate WrestleMania. I'm like, oh, you will look. And sure enough, there was tailgate. We sure. met so many people walking up. And, some people didn't like us because we took Odell Beckham, OBJ away, but we're like, <laughs> hey, our bad. So like you, you know, should, you should have had an OBJ Browns jersey for the occasion. I probably should have. I, in hindsight, I mean, I, I thought about that, but uh, I had to wear my Brock Lesnar T-shirt. And Brock Lesnar did such a fantastic job at WrestleMania. I was so proud of him. Well, I was gonna say, so I don't proud know if of him. Qualifies as a, as a WrestleMania moment. Although what did was, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Nobody, because apparently it was a last minute thing. Nobody clued in Hulk what was coming afterwards. So when Paul Heyman comes out to make the Hulkamania entrance as that's still going out, like Hulk's look of confusion was not a work. That's Nobody told him. That was amazing. That you're just, was lu- you're just lucky to be there. Yeah, exactly. And he came up in conversation. It was really funny. So um, I was I uh, there is somewhere out on the internet and I'll have to find it through my buddy through my buddy Ty's um, on the uh, he runs a I guess you could say a black subculture page okay. and uh, me whiskey drunk trying to find our seats is uh-huh. was Facebook lived and <laughs> it was hilarious and I don't remember parts of it. I'm like, can we shut the light? He goes, no, Jake, we can't shut it off. We're live. We're live in the ghetto. What, you don't want to be in the ghetto? He goes, and he had made these comments. He goes, if I see Terry, I'm going to get a piece of my mind. And then no sooner that that, that happens and then... Alexa Bliss comes out and there's Terry and he goes from like I'm gonna give a piece of my mind to oh my god it's Hulk Hogan and I go well you're real quick to forgive as we bring the show to a close we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC CBS ABC Fox all clear channel affiliates TNT TBS USA UPN Deadspin.com YouTube.com YTMND.com MySpace.com various blogs Fox News CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, 
Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.